0: Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Football Index Weekly podcast featuring Perry FI. Perry was on about six weeks ago and it was a great episode, I felt no better time to get him back on. And honestly this podcast was exactly what I needed. I hope it's exactly what you need. I've been a bit down about the index recently recently. I've been struggling to kind of get over the events of the past six months. I've been struggling to adapt as a trader. I've been and I've just been struggling with it really because I think I'm talking about it so often, probably twice a week at this at the minute. You know, with the live streams and the podcasts and everything else, and it hasn't been great. And it's been a lot of bitching and negativity and moaning. And to be honest with you, it does wear on you. It really does. I'm sure a lot of you are feeling it. I'm really feeling it because I'm having to talk about it so much. I, it's hard for me to just switch off unless I want to sort of jack in the podcast, which isn't happening. So, yeah, I, I much needed this chat. Perry Perry was a great sort of person to chat to about it and made me adjust my thinking and, and, and look at myself, which was... Well, this is getting a bit dramatic, isn't it? But you know what I mean. You'll know what I mean when you listen to the episode. I think it was a great episode. And thanks again to Perry for his time. Thankfully, though, it has been a bit more of a positive week. And thankfully, you know, it keeps going this way. This podcast, you'll realise, is out two days early. It's out on a Saturday, and I think that's just down to the the ever-changing nature of it at the minute. I, there's no point. I have it edited. I have it ready. I may as well put it out. I could wait until Monday to stick with the schedule. But look, you're getting this two days early. Enjoy it. Let me know what you think on social media. Uh, please do let me know what you think on social media. You, you might underestimate it, but really, you come on and, say and tagging me and saying John this was a great episode or when I announce it on Twitter Twitter's my big one to be honest with you sort of tagging it and being like here John that was a great episode or talk to Perry let him know what you think really appreciate that also please leave some reviews it's been a while since I've driven for any and it's been a good while since people have been leaving them someone left one this week big thank you you'll know who you are and yeah just go and leave a review if you haven't it really takes a few minutes if you're on Apple uh, that would be much much appreciated two quick plugs one is for my other podcast, which has just started. We're on episode two. Episode three will be coming next week. We release it every Tuesday. It's on FPL. It's a lighthearted 30 to 40 minute look at the last week and the next week of FPL. We'll have some big guests coming as well, but it's me and a co host called Wes, aka FPL Heisenberg, who has an incredible track record in FPL. He truly is one of the best FPL players in the world. And yeah by all means, come and listen. It's lighthearted. It's a bit of crack. You know what I sort of bring to the podcast and and that's exactly what that podcast is. It's the same thing, just FPL. So if you're into that, if you enjoy this and you're into FPL, you'll enjoy that. FPL, double up. You'll get it wherever you get your podcasts. And the last thing is a big shout out to sponsors of the show, Footstock. Footstock, I think if I was you, the 100K free roll, and this is what I'm preaching at the minute and this is what I'd say to my family and friends, so I'm going to say it to you. Their 100k free roll has only got just over 2,000 entries at the minute. There are still some 30 game weeks of the season, or maybe 29, and your 6 best scores are counted. If I was you, and you were interested in it, and you can afford to do it, only gamble, but you can afford to lose and all that, I would go over, I'd buy a few players, and I'd enter a few lineups, because the winner is going to get 25k, there's a lot of other, there's 100 grand's worth of prizes. There's another 75k's worth up there. And that, on top of that, there are weekly prizes for top scores and stuff. So it's fun. It's another thing to sort of pique your interest and keep it, you know, just something on the side. And on top of that, the trading's amazing. They're making big moves as a platform. They're sticking brilliantly to their product pipeline. The virtuals have arised. The average buy price um, is now there. It now shows. Do you know the 12-month price charts are in? The deal of the day is going strong. Do you know it's a fun little sort of side thing I, I trade in to get tournament credit? And do you know there, there's just so much they're constantly evolving, and I really do believe in the platform. Anyway, there you are. If you want to give Footstock a go, please, please, please use the link in the description. It is my main source of sponsorship for this podcast, and it really helps me out. I get paid if you use that link, so please use the link in the description if you can't find it message me don't just go ahead and sign up be my friend um and that's it geez that's a long intro probably some of you have probably skipped a few times and you're still here anyway have a great week and look after yourselves i love you all happy christmas kind of it's just christmas feels it's not christmas but trees are going up and stuff anyway there's five minutes into the podcast Now I'm joined, again, um, by Perry FI. It was We were just looking at it, it, was six weeks ago since you've been on, and what a six weeks it has been. Um, do you want to tell people who have only started listening within the past six weeks, just a quick synopsis of you, I'd recommend anyone goes back and listens to your first episode, albeit the ever-changing scenario, a lot of it might be outdated, I can't remember what we even spoke about.
1: Yeah, time moves quick at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me on. First of all, John, uh, p- pleasure as always. Um, so uh, yeah, so my background has always been in the commodity trading world in for investment banks, um, and been on the platform uh, for uh, uh, since August two thousand eighteen. Um, and of course, it's been a, a, a great time. And during um, recent time, huge time of change, but. Uh, Lots going on, lots of positivity at the moment. So, yeah, looking forward to getting into it uh, today.
0: Well, I'm going to hedge your head on with a kind of a big question and then we'll get into a lot of current issues and then we'll get on to other things. Like I had a call with Football Index early in the week and there's a million, there's loads of great questions. But straight off the bat, it's been a very positive weekend and week so far. Um, are we out of the woods yet? Uh,
1: so it depends what you mean by out of the woods. So, yeah, the, the very nature of the order books that we're in, is means that you get large uh, amounts of volatility so everything in a in a normal market is exaggerated the highs are really high the lows are really low and uh, you you multiply that by football uh kind of general fandom (laughs) where everything's exaggerated as well certain player is the worst player in the world and then a week later he's brilliant isn't he you know everything so so i do think you and then yeah things are exaggerating further and then also Uh, Just the nature of football index at the moment, where we've gone through periods of real highs to real lows and uh, to then highs again. So yeah, are we out of the woods? No, Uh, things are going to be choppy for for a long time. But that's the nature of this market, and I don't think prices have still quite found their equilibrium yet in this in this market. But they're getting there. We know a lot of players are a long long way off of their previous peaks. There's a long way to go. We know that as the season, the, in the real world, the season's really starting to get going now. We see some very popular winners coming up, players getting into form. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be lots of movement ahead. And that's what this new world's about. It's about the prices moving. And that's not going to be a straight line upwards. It's going to be going all over the place. But what FI have done in recent uh, weeks and days is they've and allowed the market to move because when when the order books first came in and we had no depth uh people we were coming off of ridiculous yeah, you know, people talk about all-time highs, but I think that phrase gets confused a bit because the, those highs we got just before the week or so leading up to the introductory order books was a lot down to people cancelling their uh, the what do you call it? Where's the old sales queue? Um, so, and then that was a high. Then you got a new market trying to find its equilibrium, and then we all know prices came down. Uh, so yeah, it's just been a, a troubled, a troubled period um, for for uh, everyone. But you know, we'll we'll get there. I'm sure you will.
0: Well, I've there's two sides to me, right? Part of me feels like I'm being a bit of a Debbie Downer, and that I've kind of I'm just wallowing and sitting here feeling sorry for myself. Then the other side of me feels that I don't want to be too quick to forget the events of the past six months because of one positive week, but i think we have to we have takes... to learn this
1: market though that's the thing so mm. it's been it's we've seen you know by fi they, they put in the uh the 1p floor change which wasn't working and we were just getting a slow bleed and then by taking that away and adding depth it's allowed people to actually trade um and that's been brilliant and we've seen that that allowed it to go down and then it got to a city point and then it allowed it's gone you know it's been able to go up so we've got freedom now and that's the main thing and that's a positive and what we've got is the changes that have come in are a big step not not the not the final step but a big step towards what the final product will look like and then Mm. that's the thing we need to cling on to as positive as as a positive and and take the time to learn how this market prices how the prices move um and yeah and how the whole thing is working with like the 900 VWAP and things like that and you'll you'll listen to um a lot of traders are are trying to give, including myself, are are trying to give analysis on this market. But the truth is every single one of us is learning this market right now. There has never been in the history of man, a football (laughs) stock market, which went from uh, some sort of sell queue system to switching on an order book with what we've got. So we're, we're learning every hour, every match day of this and figuring it all out. And that's the main thing I think that everyone needs to be doing right now is, um, rather than looking back at the, how all books was launched, and we could talk a lot about that, but it won't change what happened, but we can learn this market in front of us and um, and look to um, uh, you know make, make some money out of that, which is what this is all about, really, isn't it?
0: Well, that's it, I suppose. While I would never tell people... I'm not saying you are, by the way, this is me just going off on one. I'd never tell people not to be sceptical. You should always be sceptical. You should always be questioning FI's decisions, but at the same time, I think now where the market's at it's all it's it's a time for as you say learning it's a time for the opportunity that comes from that volatility capitalize on it get over yourself get out of your wee huff i'm honestly i'm in that huff perry and i'm hoping this call does it for me i'm ready i'm ready to get back into that positive frame of mind i'm so close but um yeah i think we all just need to stop feeling sorry for ourselves at this time and just make money because sitting there feeling sorry not trading saying i'm not selling for that price and i'm not doing this look embrace the new prices embrace the new volatility and embrace the challenge at hand and that that you can learn and that you can make money i think that's what i need to do just give myself a kick up the hole um so yeah yeah.
1: this market very tradable there's opportunity everywhere at the moment and you know people just need to take advantage of that um you know it's it's we know i really don't want to go over old ground but you know th- there is a theme that when when things are going down uh, or when your your portfolio is going down that's fi's fault and when it was going up before or when it's going up now that's because you, you're a good trader i don't mean you individually <laughs> yeah. i'm talking no, generally, yeah. yeah. and, <laughs> and of course there's something in the middle always um and, you know, people just need to get, get going with this. You know, if you, there's questions later, we, I guess we'll expand on some of these, but yeah, just learn the market and and uh, and, or, 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 and, and figure out what you want to do. I mean, we all need to mentally move on. And I was extremely angry and disappointed um, with how order books was launched, but it gets to a point where, where does that negativity get me? And it got me absolutely nowhere. And then, you know, look, taking a moment actively engaging in the market um, or, or just looking at it and understanding it has got me in a much more positive place and one where I've really, really enjoyed. It's one of my, my last couple of weeks have been some of my most enjoyable ever on the platform. So, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for people. And we just, it is a time that we can, if we keep going over old ground, it won't change what happened. We, mm. but we can go forward positively.
0: Well, something very positive coming up actually on that front is I'm sick to death of talking about market makers and liquidity and all the rest so i think i don't think it's this sunday service coming so this podcast that you're listening to right now will be out monday last night uh sunday service not that one but this week coming so this sunday coming after this podcast i'm gonna do the sunday service right but i think i'm gonna do it a bit different i'm gonna have a panel of a few few people on a few traders and we're going to just talk about football for an hour, an hour and a half. Just about footballers, stats, who looks good, who looks bad, overpriced, underpriced. And anyone who says liquidity has to give, I don't know if I'll go for a pound or a fiver, probably, that's a big word, it's a five or a tenner to charity. And same with other words like market makers, if you say these keywords, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that, just pure football chat. And on that sort of theme, quickly before we get into this, Perry, the the charity swear pot thing that I did last year is back. So last year, some of you who are long term listeners will know, from about October through to the end of the year, every time I swore on the podcast, I gave a quid to charity. That's been happening the last three weeks. But I was saying before we recorded Perry, the nature of things at the minute, it's all in the moment. Do you know I could record something on a Tuesday and it's out of date the next Monday. So everything's been very live and very in the moment. So I've kind of missed out on that. But now this is the first proper pre recorded podcast. Every time I swear today, a quid goes to charity. If anyone listening wants to jump in for to match me, to give twenty p, to give ten p anytime I swear, or to give more, by all means reach out, slide into my DMs, and there'll be a just given page at the end of the year. Okay, that's all that out of the way. All the admin. So we're gonna kick off with two pretty big controversial things. Um that are that are on the tips of everyone's tongue on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else at the minute. So positional changes. This morning we're recording on Friday morning. Well, Friday afternoon. Quadrado is the big talking point. He got changed from what was it? He got changed from like a midfielder to a defender. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously is great. He's complete for him anyway. Uh, he's competing with less less players, so his price has went through well through the roof relatively. But. It kind of opens up this this positional change debate again, and do you know what? This is kind of refreshing. i have been talking about other shit for about forever now. People are back to moaning about positions, which is nice in a way. But yeah, I know. Bring on the moans about IPOs. <laughs> Let's just do that. There. Yeah, no, the good old days. Yeah, yeah. IPOs. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, what what are your initial thoughts on it? I'd say for me, from it, for me, it's the lack of like a procedure around it, a lack of black and white, a lack of.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's um. We know it happens um, and, you know, it it changes around and and people get annoyed by that. Um, You know, like people obviously, it's more of a hot topic because a a lot of people own Jaden Sancho and, you know, he got pipped to uh, a positional uh, PB the other night because of someone else that maybe should have been in another category. Um, And uh, I mean, but it's funny if it had been the other way around and if Sancho had won but really I would argue that Sancho should be a forward. And if it had worked the other way and all the Sancho holders had won, would they be complaining so much about um mm. about it? But what we what we need is a fair and consistent way of doing this. And and for me, you have to have set times when the, the position changes could change. Now in my opinion, if you just locked it in for the whole season, like you do on fantasy football, um, then that as traders, we have that information. We know it won't change until, say, the end of the season. And then you uh, you trade that. Now, if you in the real world, you see a guy who's playing more offensively or, or the other way more defensively than what his position is locked in on FI, then you can trade that information. And that's your advantage using your football knowledge to, uh, to, to, to manage that. Um, and then it can't change. And then you know those rules. And you know because they can't change, you, even though you think, oh, that guy should be a forward stream field, it's locked in. So people wouldn't moan about it so much, but you'd be managing that risk if they did change at the end of the season. Now, some people might say, you know, change it halfway through the season, trance the window, that, that would work too. Or uh, some have said monthly or something, maybe that feels too soon. When, uh, But the point is, is, it's locked in for a set of time. So if I get these positional um, changes via their feed from Opta. So it's very easy to turn to FI and say, Oh, FI have screwed me when it's actually Opta changing them around. But um, I mean, I'm no tech guy uh, and I can be guilty of talking about tech like everything's easy, but it feels doable that FI can, they've got that feed from uh, uh, Opta. And in my, my little simple tech mind, you just copy and paste that and put that mm-hmm. in as hard data in their database. And lock it in for the for the season, as I suggest, and then we just wouldn't moan about it. Now Opta might have players in different positions to what we think, but but you're never going to change the whole Opta system, yeah. You know, but we we can lock it in, so we're not dealing with this sort of. Um, uh, volatility because uh you know i i happen to be looking at i don't know index gain at that moment that it gets changed and then i can profit from that if it's locked in from the season you're just you're making your bets because it's that's the bit that i think overall people dislike that they make a bet and then like it that bet has been changed because of an outside influence and i think at the heart of it that's what people don't like so just locking them in for a set period of time now i wouldn't say as long as three years because people change positions that's the uh you know like, especially the kind of systems that people play with these days you get a guy that might be playing left wing back suddenly starts playing left wing or something like that and that's mm-hmm. a big difference you know so you want it to be have a sort of degree of flexibility but if it mirrors the fantasy premier league stuff then that Feels like something that people would accept because they accept it in that one. And we all know we might talk, I, don't know, I haven't played it for years, but you, you, you'll be talking about, oh, do you know so and so? He's a midfielder, but actually he's a forward. And then any the other one has a yeah, yeah. team. So if, you, if it works like that, and if, yeah, you know, I was think if you know a system can't be perfect, then stop trying for perfection, but get it consistent. And I would go for consistency um, rather than what they have now. And it, it feels like something that if I could do. Um, easily and then it stops this moaning and, and you know, I'm going to talk more about this kind of stuff as we go on through the other questions but I, I would like if I in generally with a lot of the things that we debate about just to pick a path and stick to it and lock it in and then we know the terms that we're dealing with and then with the freedom we have with order books we can price that in as we see fit does that thing that's locked in make some one player more valuable does it make another less valuable? Um, that the, you know, we, we have to remember as well, as I say, because Sancho lost, this was highlighted a lot more heavily than it would have been if it was a mm. different player. And the guy that beat him actually has a very good peak score PB game. So it wasn't like some absolute random, nobody that picked him It's And in this market, it, there, there are winners and there are losers and people that backed, you know, the person that won. They were winners that day. And meanwhile, Sancho backed a good score and a ton of capital appreciation because he's really showing himself to have a good PB game. So I don't really feel there were any losers out of what well, actually yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Uh, Wednesday, was it? I forget which Champions League night. Tuesday, wasn't it? Tuesday. First, yeah, first, the first Champions League night. Um, so yeah we, it needs consistency it feels something that's quite doable for a fighter just to say you know what these are the changes locked in you know i see a lot of people moaning about how it impacts team in a month and uh, you know I, I i agree i agree yeah it's annoying so so let's just lock them in even though i i you know i could i could off the top of my head list loads of players i think are in the wrong position but that's my opinion and then i can trade off of that information so just lock it down and then i think um everyone Will be you have a level playing field to trade this on, uh, rather than chopping and and changing them all the time, because I think that will just cause more issues than just looking at them. In.
0: One of the interesting dashboards that is on Index Edge, uh, now I have I have memberships to both of them. On Edge, there's one which is like it, it tots up who's played out of position most this season. And it's very handy because you can kind of see right in front of you like who has played out of position the most, and you can like just in case you haven't been following players, yeah. you can you can avail all that information. I'm not an affiliate edge or you know anything. I just thought I'd give that a shout because I I actually quite like that dashboard. Um, but yeah, literally I could sit here and rehash all that, but I I my points you said them all. I just think. There needs to be some sort of consistency or some sort of time frame on this. I mean, if this had been the other way around, where Quadrado... Do you know, it's all very well when someone goes from midf- midfielder to forward or defender because it should technically improve their PB um, game because they're, they're competing with less people. It's Whenever it's the other way, whenever you have a guy... If people had bought Quadrado as a defender during the week because of his high scores and he was winning as a defender and he got flipped to a midfielder today, there'd be fucking carnage. Yeah, but um, I mean,
1: I do think there is an an element that people exaggerate a little bit how big an impact. Ah, well, Kimmich is, is case in um, point. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Christ, let's extend this pod by another hour. But you know, <laughs> like, but um, yeah, I mean, there was famously a lot of talk by people saying that Kimmich was ruined for becoming a midfielder. And you know we it, it's it's sort of been proven to an extent. We could talk about luck and things, but uh, that he can still win. And if you've got a guy that was winning star man as a defender and he's now a midfielder, then there's every reason why he can do that again. Um, mm. And you know, Cadrado has is, is shown historically you can get big peak scores. So he competitive as a midfielder or a defender. You know, so it, yes, it is an impact. Yes, I know that midfielders have. Um, category is more um uh, you know they tend to be the most likely to get the peak scores and things like that and so it is more competitive category but people talk about it like it's the, the end of the world and that you're know, the guy will never win pb again whereas we see all the time examples where that's not the case so yeah. um you know it's uh yeah let's just lock it down and move on i think
0: yeah so I, I agree with all that there's no point in me repeating it all um yeah we just need some consistency FI, their issuance curve is the next kind of thing people are talking about. Yeah. So there's a couple of parts to this. One is the amount that they are minting in above the all-time high price. And another thing which I say, which is also very controversial is the minting on players below the all-time high. So whenever yes. players don't have an offer and no one wants to sell them because they're obviously they're in particularly low quantities or no one has them, someone must have them. Maybe they don't. But the big one is retired players. Patrice Avra, FI had a bunch of offers in to mint new shares. Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is an oversight on their behalf, but that's terrible because p- people like Patrice Everett can go, particularly Patrice Everett actually with his pundit duties and his social media, he could very easily have an early rally someday in the media. And if he's sitting on two or 300 points um, by 12 o'clock, it wouldn't be that big a stretch for some noob to come along and say, I can win 6pm media today everyone's yeah. on the way with it and i can get them for 12p or whatever the fuck he is
1: so that's yeah i mean they're separate things though, aren't they so first of all well there's several points here so this idea that fi are minting below all-time high i think that is some confusion by some individuals because the and it comes from the phrase all-time high that these the, the price, the all-time high in terms of the issuance curve, isn't their actual all-time high from their history of the platform. It's the all-time high since IS was switched off and, and eventually bids was introduced. And the reason being is that every time, you, so if, you have, if you bought a share from FI in the old, old days, and then you instant sold that back to FI, now, that share is now no longer in, in, in existence. yeah. Yeah. So people, I've saw, I mean, when when these questions came in, I saw um this the, whoever first put it in, it got a lot of traction. There were a lot of responses and examples of screenshots and people saying, surely X player was way higher than this back in the day. And it's not the all, so we need to come up with a different phrase. But I'll leave this to you, John. You're, <laughs> you're, 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 the, you're the creative podcast. The mid-time high. I uh, don't yeah, know. so but it's not. Don't, people need to not think of all-time high on the issuance curve as the all-time. It's since um, IS was switched off because that was the p- point in time when the number of shares, and, and that actual the point high point there uh, was is was is the correct point. So we don't know what they are. You know, I, I think I've spoken before on these things. I I think fi have, you know when when they first said that order books were coming, they said issuance curve was something they were going to explain, and then to date they haven't. But with depth coming we can now see it and you can see at the price levels uh the shares sitting there that fi are, are looking to sell or mint uh, so and then i've seen a lot of people say oh so players at all time high are crap because uh, they're going to move slowly now remember all we're seeing with that depth there is visually what was happening before if a player was at all-time high you would buy 900 shares of him uh, or even in a, in a sales queue system you buy uh, 900 shares of him and the price went up 1p so you're just seeing graphically what happened in the old system but it's a different
0: and, game now do you know back so then it that can, was the only way to buy whereas now i'd say the majority of that volume has gone into bids so, so you can it can
1: rate. it can get, of course players a long way off of their all-time high have more rapid movements upwards and that's something that you can trade at this time to your advantage on the right players but it doesn't mean that when a player gets to all-time higher that they're suddenly going to not trade upwards because we've seen many times in, uh, in in we' have a lot of experience of this that when a player uh, and the right player does something amazing people will buy and buy and their pr- their price can go up very rapidly if in the old system a player could shoot a, I mean, shoot up a quid, uh, on a match day or something then they can do exactly that in this system yeah, as well yeah. um so people shouldn't be afraid of that they're just seeing graphically what the way the way that it's always been um and you know you can see where you know where um where where you know where they're going to be issuing it and where those players are so um people it goes back to my point right at the beginning where people need to um you know just take a take a moment to learn the market and rather than sort of turning to fi to blame them all the time just actually start learning this order books and what if you have an opinion that i keep using the phrase use i don't mean you job but like if, oh, if i a, know yeah, yeah, no, I if, get it, yeah. If, a, if a person has a view that a player at all-time high isn't worth trading because they're going to move up slowly then that's their own trading strategy and style someone else might think oh but that guy's great and he still has massive up potential and that's the brilliant thing about you know, this order, but people can make their own decisions and they can trade accordingly. And one person can be right and one can be wrong, and well, that's what's going to happen in this market. You're going to have winners and losers, and we can't all be winners. Um, but you have to stick by your decisions and uh and learn and adapt, yeah. And then the uh, the, the next sorry, Jonathan, the other bit about likes of Evra being, yeah, that's what I was going to bring up the retired
0: it, players been minted.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's. I think it's kind of a separate point to minting, but you're right because you can see it because you can. Fi are technically, well, no, technically about it. They are they are offering sales for share for sell uh, that for a player that's retired, and in, and you know they, we all know that it's they're meant to be taking those players off of. Um, uh, the platform and for someone yeah you know, there there are some players that they never announced they're retired and then suddenly pop up in like China or something or you've got someone like everett that's sitting on Monday night football every week in a suit and we, yeah. we know he's not playing <laughs> and and you know, it's I mean I don't even have to say it do I it's obvious that if I need to take away retired players and it's and even more so the ones like you mentioned like an Evera a Peter Crouch, those guys that are generating media stories at times um and you know that's an issue and it it feels like such an easy win for them and i'm not i'm not quite sure why it hasn't happened but i also know that at some point it will just happen and you know if you're if you are a new a new guy to the platform, and you think buying a player that you know is retired, then if you get burnt by that, then well, you kind of got to live by that? That like you got to take responsibility yeah, for that yeah. as well. Now, if sh- it shouldn't be on this, So if I should take them off. But I also think if someone is silly enough to buy it, then then they're, they're a bit silly. But um, yeah, I I, I think it'll, eventually the guys will come off, and if I need to have a more robust way of managing these um players that that do um that do uh do retire and yeah it, it is a bad look when you can see those those uh shares are for sale and really people shouldn't be buying them so mm-hmm. yeah just, i mean so well, it just just the, the bios
0: all. don't exist anymore about perry so we're gonna have to bitch about retired players that'll be the new thing that i get questions about I, all the time i'd say the,
1: i love that the bios have gone i mean that was awful yeah. wasn't it and um yeah but uh yeah i mean that's the thing though like in, a, in an odd way, right, where this delivery of all books was, was handled badly, we know that, and we said we're not going to go over and over our ground, but it got to a point where things like sentiment in the market was so poor that, it, it, this is a real positive way of looking, it could only get better. Do you know what I mean? you're point. <laughs> so you know and things like bios going and retired players so then i don't you know i think we'll get to a point where the retired players will go oh that's another improvement you know there, there'll be many things we've got five we're going to talk about depth in a bit or something they've got five runs do i think they're going to take away the five runs no i don't i think they'll end up adding more runs eventually you know so everything you're seeing will be an improvement and the only ways up in, in a lot of ways so you know i We know it's an imperfect uh, platform at times, but then those those things will get changed. So I'm still positive about all these things and they're actually smaller issues than what we we all make out, I think.
0: Yeah, I think we're all on this platform so long and a lot of us, you know, we're almost sort of conditioned at this stage to be trying to pick holes because of the low sentiment and because of things that FI have done. And while the bios are, were constantly asked on podcasts, it's, it's one of the gripes of the community. Like, they're gone. There will be other things. But, you know, while positional changes, now that's a problem. Retired players is a problem. And it seems like it should be an easy fix. But, you know, it's not the end of the world in the grand scheme of things. No. Um, but, look, we, we'll see how that, that plays out. You mentioned the rungs there. Now, we have not dwell on this too long because it's just a small point. Um, where do you stand on that? How many they should have? I mean, five a great grand old starting point. Maybe they should have started with ten. But where where do you see it going? Like, what what do you think the goal is?
1: So the goal, the the final product in my mind should look that should have full full one hundred percent depth. Um, you know, it. I don't see any reason why the end the final product shouldn't look something along the lines of what you see in Betfair. Um, and you see the. Yeah, what has been matched at those prices, which is an important addition as well, not just the unmatched amounts. Um, and then you see it all the way from zero upwards. Um, now with FI, you wouldn't have to see up to infinity because in theory they're going to they're offering shares all the way up, so you only have to go up a certain point. But um, it, the end goal should be the full depth. Now, I, I would, I would, I think the the difference between zero depth, which is what we struggled with for a while, and five depth, five levels of depth, is like. I don't know, say like 70% better than what we had before, you know, like of the journey to 100 and adding like another couple of rungs will be a small improvement, but anything more than we have now will be better. I, I actually think it was probably the right thing to do to just start with a, a, a handful that we've got, people get to see it, you know, some people might have been spooked by um how thin it was as you go further along those rungs, other people will understand it instantly. Five's given people a chance to see it and get their head around it. Um, and also if I mean I'm not a tech guy, but um if, if i could deliver five rungs like when they did, uh, but ten rungs would take in another couple of weeks, then they did the right thing by delivering earlier what yeah, they had. Yeah. I don't know how tech worked, but if that was the case, then that makes sense. Um, so you know, I think definitely as we get uh, more used to this and as they've got more, you know, tech development time and things like that. Yeah, we'll see more depth come and every time we get more information, us traders can interpret that in our own ways and we can make trading decisions. And and it goes back to where I want FI to get to and maybe how I see FI is there, that they are there to provide a trading platform um, for us to make trading decisions and profit and and, and maybe lose on that. And so I just want them to want, their place should just be giving us as much information as they can. And then we use that information to trade. So eventually, the end goal should be for 100% depth. But I'm happy with uh, going from zero to anything. And then I, I would then be, uh, the day when the day comes, eventually they say they've gone up to ten or eight, I don't know, 15, anything, anything is better. So then I'll be happy with that as well. And then I, I might adjust my trading and it's given us more information. So that's that's fantastic. So mm. it's been a huge, um, a huge addition to the platform. Um, and it's really, I think, I'm sure people were going to be getting their head around it and, and maybe trading slightly differently now they can see it
0: so i think we're, we're done with the kind of some of the big big talking points of the minute a couple of other things we want to cover obviously the big thing is the well there's a lot of questions um earlier in the week i caused a little bit of controversy and i don't say that to try and be like oh look at me causing controversy i mean within like three people but i had a call with football index and i talked about it and there was no non-disclosure there was nothing like that it was just a a casual call with someone but we'll talk about that first off i'm going to give a quick plug to a, a pretty a different type of sponsor this week which is always nice it's a book from football nostalgia it's called a stickered history it's on english teams and in major international tournaments from 1970 to 1998 there's facts and stats and all the england players from those tournaments there'll be some fun stories you might not have heard did you know this perry lee chapman once pierced david siemens ball bag No, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. It would make a great Christmas present. You can get your orders in now. Make sure you have it in time for Christmas. I don't know, maybe your dad or brother or cousin or maybe your girlfriend wants one. Or maybe if you're a female, your boyfriend wants one. Who knows? If you want it, the link is in the description. Go to football-nostalgia.com and there's a special code for just you, you lucky bastards. If you use FI15, you get 15% off a checkout, which makes the book 8.50, which isn't that bad at all. That, that That's a pretty good price for a book, I'd say. Christmas present chalked off. So there you are. I thought that was an interesting plug. You get all sorts of things. And uh, it's always nice when they're a bit different. So, yep, yeah, Football Nostalgia. Go check that out. All right. Well, we go into my call with FI briefly. We'll not ta- touch on trader panels because I think there's a question on that, but that was a big, not a big part of the call, but it was the so- something that kind of got a bit of traction afterwards. Um, so, basically, I've been badgering FI to have a chat um on the podcast for a while kind of through the podcast through different people no avail they aren't really doing pod appearances at the minute for obvious reasons um think back six months ago and yeah so i managed to weasel a call with someone um now i'll tell you this much coming out of it i didn't feel great but it was more about (sighs) I'll get into it like it wasn't necessarily about the state of FI long term or FI. I mean, I came out very confident about the financial state of football index, their internal and investment over the last six weeks. Do you know all these different things? I'm very positive about the long term of FI after the call, but it kind of was a bit pissed off. I didn't have a great experience. Will I tell you the opening line, Perry? Will I tell you the opening line? And you can let me know what you think. Now, this is this is one part. I just want to emphasize before I even get into this. This is me one person's experience. Um one person's experience and one person's interpretation. Okay, I'm just sharing, but by all means maybe I'm being a sensitive Sally and a dick. Uh, oh I cursed. I've probably cursed another few times, so I'll throw let's say three. I again. think
1: there's your first one.
0: What's it? Well so. there's there's three quid for it anyway. Um, so the opening line was, "I don't know if you feel you should have more contact with us because of who you think you are or the influence you think you have, but we focus on the top 100 traders on the platform based on time." Now, that is probably a fair statement and a fair way to play it. But you don't need to say it, do you know. And this is just again one person. It's not FI as a company. But it kind of just set the tone for the call. Um, but I'll not get on about I mean, how, it, it, What were you just gonna say?
1: No, I was gonna say you know, like um, it's if um, you know, the guy I don't know who you spoke to, but I mean, they I know they've hired a new account manager. You know, and his job is to you know, is to handle the larger accounts. Um, and that's like one that's one person and one purpose of his of his role. Um, and then. Uh, And that makes sense, you know, if you're in a casino, you you get the high treated, that kind of stuff. So that's normal in in a company. And then you have other things that they do and other people in the company that do focus groups, um, panels and things like that. And there'll be like a diverse range of of people. So I think if you, I don't know who you spoke to, if you had a call with someone that that his his job is to handle uh, the, the, the top 100 accounts, then he's just explaining what he does really doesn't it? i don't think he discredits um uh that's not discrediting you as such
0: it was maybe just the the charisma or the like the way i said it. it's like how to win friends and influence people it's just hmm. like look i'm not some entitled little prick here perry i know of a podcast and this i didn't even want to talk to them out of like a me putting the foot down or like oh look at john stamping his fucking it's not about that it's about i throughout this whole fucking shit show of the last six eight weeks I've been talking to thousands of their active traders on a given week and I think it's I, I, the way I phrased it was like look it's not about that for me I think it's only responsible that I at least make the effort to speak to you and ha- have an understanding of what's happening anyway um the big I'll talk more about what I tried to get across the big message I tried to get across was transparency and I don't know if people all agree on this but and maybe and I get I'm not some fucking corporate PR guy like I, I'm not That's not who I am, but this is just me looking from the outside and what I would like to see. And obviously what I put across was what I would like to see because that's what it was about. But I just think transparency and openness and hitting things head on is crucial. And this is the one thing I tried to hammer across the, the call. Liquidity. Do you know... It's not there. Market makers, they aren't there. Why not just tell us roughly why or what's happening in the background? And I know you're working on it. Maybe, and I'm going to talk about a few things here. And maybe not all of them are. Yeah, they should talk about that. maybe, maybe you can say why they shouldn't. But or maybe you just agree. But like, I think a lot of people would just appreciate a bit of, a bit of transparency and honesty. Nasdaq, they're just it's silence now, and the the silence is, as I've said last week, deafening you know just mention it just sort of roughly give us an idea what happened lads you know talk about it in a podcast say what you're allowed to legally i don't know what you're allowed to legally because you're working with someone like nasdaq now this is another one a bit more controversial maybe not necessarily their bank balance but their financial viability and longevity i and throughout podcasts and, and youtube streams have been saying, look, they're probably, they've probably they never been in a better place financially with the removal of liability only six months ago. All the sales and commissions that have been generated X and Y and Z. Some people are worried because there was a lack of trading and there was a lot of dividend liabilities over that time. I'm not saying they need to disclose their bank balance, but a lot of this will be disclosed anyway um, online and at set periods through like accounts and stuff. You don't need to disclose that. But you could come out and be really clear, one of the leaders, about how fucking strong they're doing. The Tech 200, their number two or whatever on that or whatever it's called. Do you know, because all that does is, it hits this these, now a lot of this is dried up Perry, so a lot of this is old news. But I'd written it down to talk about it before um, things kind of turned around. But last week, I got, honestly, lots of DMs, like more than 10 DMs about FI's long term future and are they going, are they going bust. Is this going down in flames? And while that might seem irrational to a lot of people who think that they're doing well, that's still a worry of the common trader. And all those little worries add up. So that's one thing I think. Like, like it doesn't take much in comms, and I know they did address it in comms, but it's raising its head again. And they're the not. Um, thing,
1: they're, they're not just on the financial one. They're not a PLC, right? So they don't have to disclose their accounts. And then you don't. It's not. It's very, very. Sorry, it's very uncommon for. A company to start revealing their finances to us and then I, I can guarantee you if they said we're sitting with like you know say billions on a dividend
0: increase it, it exactly that exactly <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that's what
1: the average guy on the street will say oh if you've got you've made all that money out of me well you should be increasing dividends then blah blah, blah. so there's a fine line to to have you know they we've just seen they came number two on that tech list Um. We've just seen that they've raised money um, through their investors and they've given us an assurance in a few comes back that they're in a great financial position Mm. and they don't have to, you know, as soon as they tell us, more numbers or, or they tell us how much they make out of us trading everyone i don't think that will give a positive sentiment that would be everyone them go well if you're making that much then you're you should lower commission or you should increase divs and stuff so we have to be careful what we yeah. want well it's, it's, a, it's, it's a legitimate concern when the market was crashing that people had around fi yeah, that's for sure but it thought they had the, the way to answer that if you're fi is to deliver a product which is working that traders can trade on and we've went a big step forward Uh, on that. And then just on your previous point as well, I I agree with the frustrations. But the problem I think we got where we got was that um, it took we got in such a mess with the order book delivery, that it got to a point where words weren't enough, and we needed action. So they can't speed up the tech delivery or or, or anything like that. so sending comms saying, oh, the date is now this date, or the date's moved, or the reason is because we've had a, with Nasdaq. I I assume that because they originally said September, and now we're looking what November, December, or something. Um, that well, it's going to be December, isn't it? That we're right in November now. Um, that I assume they've had a big snag in their testing. That would be my assumption from sort of doing. Why not things. just say it? Well, they have, haven't they? Because they said it. It's going now be going to be Q4, and then you know it's. It, it, and part of the problem is i mean the, the, let's be clear as well I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm sticking up for fi and i definitely am but the the big failing they made was they went live with order books before things were ready that was the big failing now after that and after they got themselves in a hole it's about how to get themselves out and it's very unusual for companies to be showing their roadmap all the time because those things do hit snags and things like that so in some ways they might be guilty of too much comps because we're all demanding things all the time, mm. and we've become a point where, um, you know, I always say that I always re-quote Pando, and he says, You know, trading, you want to be trading, it's football index, not announcement index. And we've all fallen into this trap with the comms. And you know, at, at some point in time, my final state of this product is that if I draw a line on the, the mechanics and everything, and then they stop giving us all these comms all the time and give yeah, us, yeah. They updates off and, the and, then, and that's yeah. That. And Adam Cole starts dropping things, and you're like, What's all that about? And you just one day suddenly you go, Boom, uh, market's closing for an hour on Friday, and uh, something's coming, and then you get something. Oh, we've added a new dividend, or we've done this, or we've, I don't know, in a new country's coming on board, that kind of stuff. Um. Yeah. oh great rather than always promising us things and then then there's they might change direction a little bit and then we're all hanging off of these changes because i'm sure sh- their, their book of work looks awesome the things that we know are going to be coming in the future but because we know and we're waiting we then get impatient and then i think the community latches on to certain things so nasdaq for instance I don't think Nasdaq's going to make a big difference here. It's it's brilliant. not it's, just it's back
0: good. work it's, it's, in the it's back end.
1: That, since when does anyone get excited about a back end system upgrade? <laughs> but somehow, as a community, we've found ourselves sort of like, like loving it. Yeah. And then you know, it's brilliant for their future marketing, and they've got that Nasdaq brand tied to the, to theirs. When, and that looks brilliant. If I was a new guy coming in and I hadn't heard of footwind that would give me more security. But that won't be an instant thing. The day it comes, but it'll be a future thing. And it means that they'll have probably they can handle more volumes and things like that so that's great and then it's the same with liquidity providers at the, the moment you've get, they've already got one liquidity provider when they get another one that doesn't mean prices go up that just means someone's that liquidity provider needs to make money so mm-hmm. they will just be like tearing their ass out of these spreads and trying and making money off of it um they're not there to It's not the responsibility of the liquidity provider to riot raise prices that's the traders to uh to, you know to price they're just going to be making spreads so you know, i think there's yeah so fi got themselves in this hole for sure and like i said i don't want to go over those because they've been talked about in other podcasts but it's now a point of maybe we obsess too much over what they say uh and and you know we need as, a, as, a, as, a, as they need to move away from that and we need to move away from it as well because we are trading announcements and not footballers which we all say we, we we don't want um yeah and, and then we we all have like time with fi and talk to them and things and then they can't tell us things um and then we get even more frustrated so it's like a downward spiral mm. of, of you know uh which is not helping anyone so i just think we sort of need to to move on a bit, but what FI have been brilliant at in in recent weeks is they've been engaging with lots of traders. Uh, you know, there are people that are just nonstop phoning traders. There's been you know people like yourself. There's, um, uh, there's been trader panels. There's been focus groups. They've been showing different screens of different things, different people getting ideas, getting feedback, and you just don't see that from other companies. And uh, you know, so we have to be. It's quite a privilege. That they're giving us their time, you know. Like, on other company, on other platforms, I'm on. I'm not talking about virtual footballer ones. I mean, like Betfair or trading accounts I have elsewhere. You know, I don't have any sort of engagement with the company anywhere near the sort of level that FI are doing now. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't see uh, Q and As by the CEOs and things like that. You know, the the level of uh, engagement they've been doing has been tremendous. Now, if they choose to go on a set path that maybe isn't what I've suggested when I've spoken to them, what you've suggested when you've spoken to and So on. that's their decision, because they have to look at the bigger picture and we can debate whether that is the right move or not. But I think any time they're listening to traders, even if it's a trader t- they're complaining to them, that's all good feedback for them. And I think we we should be careful that we don't uh scare them away from engage from talking to traders because mm. you know all the time they're getting feedback from us positive and negative that's going to help them make the bigger decisions about how how to manage this this um this platform and enough and so I, I just go back to my own. i think it's a privilege to speak to them and um we just need to, and and I hope they continue to do it because uh, I think we'll all be in a better place. But I don't think they'll be the speaking
0: level, to me again. <laughs> yeah, the, level, the, level,
1: the level of engagement they've been having is great and we want that to continue. um. And you know it's frustrating time for everyone. Like I say, let's go back. let not. We're not letting them off the hook here. We're in this position, or some degree of position, because they launched order books as that their idea of minimal viable product for order books was, in my opinion, the wrong minimal buyer It needed extra bells and whistles on it for it to be ready. That mistake was made, and and then we're all rightly very angry about that. But it comes but then we need to we need to move on and they're doing they are doing the right things now unfortunately it's following doing a really bad thing but they're doing the right thing now engaging traders they, the releases that are coming they I know they're frustrated in pace of change but they are coming they're coming and the products getting better with every release every change so we're on the right trajectory and them engaging traders is helping us get mm. to that point so I, I see it as a positive
0: yeah look there's a there's a lot there you said Perry um I agree with you. Probably then you've changed my mind a bit on the liquidity in NASDAQ about sort of hitting that head on because, you know, they have mentioned it. Um, I maybe want the level of transparency that's never going to happen in terms of their financial viability, etc. While they've already referenced it and why we can see things, I do. I don't think that would have been mistimed last week on the bottom of some sort of comms just a reference to the things that we have seen or that they've already mentioned to re-emphasise it and the reason being Perry is because I literally have got 10 to 15 Mm. DMs that's just me God knows what Figs got. God yeah. knows what they've got. And if you can shut those people up and have something to reference and defend the product with, I just think that I just that's think powerful. Uh, uh, I,
1: uh, you're you're not wrong. But in terms of timing, you mentioned last week. So if it was at the lowest point where where <laughs> my P, fishy. if my P and L if my P looks like a baby's nappy, and they come out and go, right guys, we're making loads of money. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I do not. Think yeah, that would okay, have been I know what you're arrest. saying. Look,
0: it, it could be it could have been mentioned at some stage. Maybe it was mentioned. Maybe I'm being bit of a sensitive Sally, but yeah, I just like transparency and that sort of stuff, which they have been. I don't know. It just it just got to a point where I was getting DM'd, but there's too much a day, and I was thinking like, why the fuck are people even asking these questions? Every podcast I'm doing, every stream I'm doing, people are mentioning the the the, the, the lost liability. They're in a strong financial position. Yet people are still fucking asking. So that that's where my frustration came from. And the last thing, there was a few things, but one of them to just to mention here, which we'll get into inevitably, is tier PB. The way I kind of put it to them was like, look, this is raising its head again. Adam Cole has categorically shut it down in the past. It's it's at the stage now where if it really, really is like no, which is have already been cleared that it's no, there's no harm in shutting it down again in some, in your next sort of comms or something, because this is just going to keep putting pressure on you. And I said, like, this is one of those things you can either shut it down or if you're actually thinking it is viable, say fuck all. And then it's an easy win down the line. Appease people. Great. We'll get on to Tier P B and whether you, you, you don't I don't think you like the idea of it. But yeah, it's just it's just for me I don't know. I'm a simple man. I just like to be straight up about things. Maybe I wouldn't be great in the corporate world for that reason, and maybe I expect too much. But yeah, those are a few things I brought up. I'll, I'll rinse through a couple of other topics. If we posted here, things we've talked about. And I'm not going to get into the kind of bitchiness and all of that. Because to be honest with you, I think I personally just had a bad experience. There were a few things in the call. There was a bit of tension. There was a few relatively heated bits. And yeah, that that's, I think that's more of a personal thing. And to be honest, you know what? You're probably right. Me coming out and talking about it. Which I hadn't really planned on doing too much initially. But... But I was getting, you know, I, I I got baited. I'm not baited, but I kind of, I fed into the kind of people tagging me, being like, how'd the call go? And me putting out a post beforehand, being like, I have a call. What are the main things I should discuss? I probably could have done it all on the sleigh, but fuck it, it's good content and they haven't talked to me for a year. So <laughs> one thing I brought up was the career bet. Easy win instead of three years. Uh, sports stack are doing a bit of pressure. On the, In a nutshell, what I was told there was if they were to do that, they would have to reduce dividend payouts. Um, That was in a nutshell... We didn't talk about it particularly long or any of these things particularly long. I brought up that should loyal customers be rewarded for depositing through the dips and now they're sitting in a worse position than maybe new users because a lot of people mentioned that on my Twitter post. I was told it was obviously very difficult to do something like that and target specific users, but there might be some sort of... they this. Person I spoke to anyway like the idea. But this is not FI officially endorsing it in any way whatsoever. Of some sort of vouchers for based on your net market buys. That could be spent on the market or something. Um, Oversupply. Again that was another thing I just said they should be transparent about. or Not not even transparent. It's not that they're not transparent. But they should be. They should hit that one. Because that's something that's brought up a lot these days. Is it an issue? Isn't it an issue? If it is an issue how are you going to fix it? If it isn't an issue explain to us why not. Educate. That was another big thing. The big crux of the fucking problem here, and this is me potentially on my last negative rant perry before hopefully some positive podcasts. It's this education thing. So what they've done is they've basically marketed to average punters from the pub. They haven't educated them enough. They they accept they haven't done enough educational material and then they complain that the traders acted irrationally in the market without talking to, as I say, wingdings or crazy bastards beforehand before implementing major changes i think a lot of the things that happened in the last six months may i'm not saying they would have but may have been avoidable if you talk to people like me or people with other people with sub 25k ports and you've seen the crazy bastard side of it and you could have probably mitigated against what's happened um but that hasn't been the case do you know
1: well i mean it depends what's the the reason Prices just FI aren't responsible for prices going up and down. Traders are for sure, right? Yeah. And then you know, was it the 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 change from the old pricing system to order books was way wilder than many of us predicted. Um, and it come from a point in time where a lot of money was trapped in holds as well. Um, so then there was that downward pressure. Um, and it was always going to be a bit of a shock. And a number of us cited. You know, we've come from a situation where everyone was making money on FI. very hard not to make money. And that creates like almost, a, 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 what well, it does create an absolute bubble. And we felt more secure in buying players than maybe we should have done. And if you're looking back with Captain Hindsight vision, it, it got to a point where we were we weren't buying footballers. We were betting on how a company that we're not on the inside is going to deliver a project to deliver something that we didn't know the terms of or any of the dynamics of it and in the cold light of day that's freaking weird right because you wouldn't do that at yeah. any other time and yet we all myself included were guilty of doing that for a period and then the change was dramatic and then we got a uh, like a bear market that was quite aggressive um and then we're at a point now where it's been a bull market for a week um, it's going to be, you know, ups and downs. But yeah, I go back to the comms piece. FI, I don't think should be having to issue comms because. Um, a post has got like 20 likes on on in Twitter talking about a theory which may or may not be true. That's a very yeah. dangerous position for a company to put themselves in. Now, they've said about, you know, I, I, we're going to talk about um, oversupply uh, tiered PB, so I don't want to talk about those specifically, but now we'll talk about them later on the questions. But, for instance, tiered BB, they've said several times, it's simply not going to happen. Now, just because a couple of random guys, uh, I know we see people as like, Football index, celebrities, uh, and things like that, but they are just random people. They're punters, right? And just because they've sent a tweet that a few people like saying uh, tier PB doesn't mean if I as a company need to start issuing statements going, oh, you know, we already told you it was never going to happen. Well. I'm going to tell you again, it's never going to happen. Yeah, do you know, maybe really that's and fair. Part, part Maybe it's of the, the
0: echo chamber I live in, and maybe it, it's me it seeing is. these posts over and over, you know?
1: Yeah, we, we're all guilty of it, you know, we, and we all, do you, know, do you know the problem is, is we all feel empowered to say these things because FI does change things all the time, and they do listen to traders, so which is great in a sense, but the, the, I said it earlier, the, the state we need to get to is where FI just go, line in the sand, this is the product, uh, and... I'm not going to change anything uh, and you guys, uh, you know, off we go to the races and that will help. We'll stop having these. You know, I thought it was interesting. You know, you said you're, you're doing your Sunday service and you're going to talk about footballers only. And that's great. And I'll, I'll probably listen to that. You know, and that's where we all want to get. But we're in this we're all in this sort of weird uh, downward spiral where we feel we, we can talk about the mechanics because we feel we have power to change them <laughs> with and then, any as, sort of authority or yeah, knowledge well, no, who we, the fuck
0: yeah, am i i'm an air traffic controller who makes podcasts yeah, <laughs> yeah but
1: you know what i mean but we do have power because if i do change things yeah. so it starts with them drawing a line in the sand and stopping to change it and then we'll stop feeling like they can change this and i certainly don't think they should be reacting to any kind of model that SportStack has, because that's an, you know FI is the established, very successful uh, you know platform. They shouldn't be being sh- short term and reactive to a competitor. They should be um, you know looking at their strengths and then improving things. And we know what their improvements are, and they're all going to make the product much better. So they need to have that bigger picture, um, and uh, you know, and, and move forward. But we. And then, meanwhile, we can all have our tweets and get we all popular in the community, and uh, <laughs> and and we can debate these things. But really, what we want to do is—we—it's funny because I'm the, I'm guilty of this too. We say we want to talk about football, and then we just find ourselves talking about mechanics. And yeah. you know, let's yeah. um, uh, you know, let's just stop talking about mechanics and let—if I get on with managing that—and then we can we can start talking about, um, you know. Uh, is Sancho going to go to Man United? Have you seen this guy? He's got a few goals in a few weeks. All this sort of the footballer stuff, you know. Yeah. So we'll get there. But, I mean, it's, it's natural for us all to be talking about this because it's been such a huge, huge period of upheaval, and we're trying to get our heads around it. And we're all helping each other, each other, get our heads around it by sort of um, thinking aloud and uh, and and you know and coming up with uh, ideas, which is great. And that's why if I'm talking to traders and all like types of traders is brilliant because they're getting. Uh, you know, a source of income, uh, income, like incoming uh, ideas uh, which can help them and the beauty of Football Index community is we're all, every one of us, so passionate about this and there aren't many things I'm sure that you give up your time to like talking about and coming up with ideas to improve it. So every idea, even ones that Fi ignore, uh, are great for them because they're, they're you know they're getting this sort of content given to them and they can like I said they look at the bigger picture or what's feasible Uh, you know you and i could come up with a great idea to make footwindex better but it might have two years of development on it and costs like you know 100 million quid to do so they have to look at the bigger picture and cost and feasibility and different stuff and their their whole client base and and then decide but um yeah i I think we're in a good place with all of this but we as a community i think we can be very uh, entitled and feel like we 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 expect them to respond to us just because we've got you know, a couple of thousand, or a thousand—I don't know. I've got uh, like um, uh, followers, and we, we, maybe we feel more empowered than we actually are. Mm.
0: So you're fucking checking me like he did, and I cursed. You know, get back in your box, John. Stay humble. That's what it is. That's what yeah. I needed. I needed that phone call. I think you did it a bit more tactfully than him, though, Perry. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> we'll see. But no, that's fair. That, like, and I think this is this is an example of exactly what it's all about. You know, you have changed my opinion on a lot of things there. And that's what talking's about. And that's why on Twitter and stuff, when people come out with grand ideas, it's always important to challenge each other and talk to each other and yeah. converse. Don't just be a troll and a dickhead and get personal. Do you know, you can be wrong and people can have, or not even not necessarily wrong at times. There could be a blend of the two and... Yeah, fuck I wish I'd have talked to you last week, Perry, before I got got my phone call to be honest with you. But but in fairness, I do I did on un- these are the, the sticking points that I do bring up, but there were a lot of positive things said that I hope they can take from that call. Um and obviously I'm a bit more passionate about some stuff than others. But yeah. Um there's things we're gonna get on to. Do you want to get into the questions or do you want to Yeah, let's go to questions, yeah. Yeah, we go to questions. So the first question will hit Perry F I Rockhopper. If it's not too late to ask, and it might be a novice question, but it's not too late to ask Rockhopper. Rock when the market was crashing, the football index community gave many issues as to why. Lack of market makers, liquidity, oversupply, etc. Now the market has bounced back, seemingly without any intervention. Are these still issues?
1: Yes, I, I agree. Good, um, a good question, and it's not a novice question at No questions are novice questions. Um, so you, it's very natural when the market was in an awful state for everyone to look in every direction for causes and to to reach on them. And some of them will be accurate. Some of them might be pretty pretty wild. And um, and I've said this before on these podcasts, you know, like in, in a lot of the time of complex situations, people try and give a simple answer and then to say that's the one thing and you'll find it will be multiple factors. Um, you know, and so, you know, lack of market makers liquidity is what Rockhopper specifically mentions here. Now, I think, I think I said this earlier on this podcast, you know, we have to understand what market makers or liquidity providers Actually, are and it's not. There's not their uh, responsibility at all to get prices up, or as traders often say up to all-time highs. That's not what their job is. Yeah, you know, they're going to be making money and making markets, which uh, you know helps the market. But it's not. You know, we're the ones that will be moving prices up and down, not the market makers. So I think they're they're an essential part of this market, and and they've been part of the problem. But it's not part of the solution that if we got one come on tomorrow. That suddenly uh you know and this is what people always go back to sancho hits 15 pounds because he won't and it doesn't work that way um and people need to to understand that so yes it was an issue and it still is an issue but i think people exaggerate the pot exactly how big a thing that's going to be um and then the next one he references is oversupply now this did the rounds what a couple of weeks ago this i forget who's posted it and then a few people repeated it now I personally think this is a misunderstanding about how FIO works. So the key point is that we don't own the underlying asset. We don't really own X amount of, I would, I would use Sancho as an example, we don't actually own him. So if more shares are issued, it doesn't dilute my shareholding. I've made a bet where I'm bank betting that he's gonna earn X amount of dividends. That's my payout with a instant, cash out option on his on his uh, capital appreciation. Um, so it doesn't make any difference to me if someone else has bought some newly issued shares because my, you know, my bet is on the dividend payout, which doesn't go down because there mm-hmm. more shares issued. If you, you own the underlying asset, then yes, the, the oversupply thing, it starts to become, uh, you know, it, but not in FI, in FI well, terms.
0: You- Sorry, I'm buttoning. But could you not argue that with those players that have more futures, there's more potential for a downward trend, because like with the likes of a sixty p player whose all time highs at sixty p, you know there's only a finite number of futures there, or, or people who might have itchy feet or who are active traders who want this to sell. There might actually only be a handful of people competing to sell their shares at any time or less whereas with alexis sancho the volume has to matter in some sort of way now maybe the oversupply isn't the issue but the volume of futures has to matter because with alexis sancho if shit hit the fan it would go south very quickly because it would be hundreds if not thousands of people all trying to penny leap each other or over out offer each other whereas with the lower volume players that mightn't happen
1: no it's it's not about that, that you're talking about the supply and demand and what drives the price in the first place. so yes santa has uh, is is highly priced and because he's h- highly priced from where he started is got a lot of people hold him um if something but the reason he's so highly priced is because people believe in his inherent value so if something happened and he uh you know and that devalued him you know, an event in the market, let's say, you know, broke his leg or something, then he would rightly go down. Now you'd go down because, but he, if then traders decide what is a good price, you know, we've seen our injury trading, I'm using an injury example, and we've seen that prices hit a certain level and then they go, yeah, but he's only going to be out three months, six months, and, he, and when he does, he's got he's a PB God and he's a winning he me a load of media, so I'll buy that lower price. And he hits that price point that the trader goes, you know what, I'm going to buy this drop. And it doesn't, that doesn't, the, the, the difference maker isn't the number of shares that are in existence. The difference is the the, the pricing dynamics and that's like what people, you know, just what people value him at, um, and you know then it hits that level. Remember, like everyone can trade a player at five pounds, say, and his price can stay five pounds. It doesn't, you can get everyone listed, everyone who just sell a list at five pounds, and everyone who buy a buy at five pounds, you'll just stay at that level. That's how order books can work. It doesn't, just because there's more shares coming in down, people are valuing players. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, there's, a so there's so many different things here. If we're talking about all-time highs, and a player that is all-time high, then yes, there's, there's, there's more resistance with price going up, but not any more resistance than we ever had before. So people, I think, overvalue that. Um, but uh, if it doesn't, that's not an oversupply issue. Remember, every time Fi mint new shares, that is bringing in a form of revenue for them. And anytime they're bringing in more more revenue to Fi, that's a good thing for everyone, because mm-hmm. that means they can fund dividend increases or, or some new funky feature that will, will make us help us make more money and things like that. So. The the, the 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 suggestion that fi minting shares is bad for us because of this oversupply argument is incorrect because one we don't underline un, only underline asset, asset so it doesn't dilute our shareholding and two it's actually a positive thing because you're you're increasing the price which increases our our mark to market profit and it gives fi revenue which funds those lovely dividends that we all like getting
0: can i can i phrase it to you like this then because i genuinely don't understand this enough this is me spit like me spit spitballing about the volatility or whatever i said before is me literally just thinking what i think would happen you obviously know much more about this what i'll ask you then for people listening is should you care about the volume in a player and what implications could the volume of futures have like is it a, is it a factor so like the fact that sancho might have for argument's sake a hundred thousand futures whereas adrian thomason who plays for Strasbourg, might have three thousand those are completely wrong numbers but yeah. is that something you would care about fact I'm, or trade with no B?
1: but I'm, I'm more interested in it, along a similar point is the number of people looking to buy and sell and the thickness of those walls in the depth so in the example you gave i don't know the net forgot the name of the place but in the yeah, the, the, so the, the, yeah you're, t- you're cheaper oh that's a pound in a the jar there mate you just score. oh bastard um.
0: and there's another one <laughs> <laughs>
1: um uh, where were we? Uh, yeah, you're you crappy little cheap player. If I looked at his walls, and I don't care how many people own him, I care is anyone trying to buy him and sell him? And if he's only got one bid in there or something, you think, well, okay, there's not much you know pressure there for me to sell into if I own him. So you know, he, he that looks like a risky price there. If I see Sancho and there's loads of people looking to sell him, and there's loads of people looking to buy him, you think, oh okay, there's a market there. I can hold and I've got my own views on his price, but I think I can get in and out of that or, um, and then of course you have your own views on that player's performance, but you know, what will impact Sancho's price is how he performs on the pitch and what he did the other day was great. Um, And then of course we know that there's a big media angle on Sancho. And that will influence his price, depending on what happens with the transfer market. And it will move because of those events and the dividend yield he'll attract. And then that they resulting way that we all value him after that. And that's why he'll move in price. Nothing to do with the actual shares in existence. Um, Mm. It's the shares that are being bought and sold that are moving his price, not the ones that are just sitting there that people are choosing to uh, hold or sell it later.
0: I did jump in, um, mid mid point. You were having a back at rap, Rock Rockhopper's question, but did we cover it all? Um, I think so. I mean, you say now the market
1: is about I are these still issues?
0: Yeah, we yeah, covered
1: it. Yeah. yeah, I think we covered it. I mean, I, I think I made this point earlier. You know, a lot of people when things are going down, it's their fires fault, and when things are going up, we're rock star traders. You know, and um, it's funny if people genuinely believe these things are just because I have a different view doesn't make me right, but If You have that view, then it is still an issue now, but I'm not sure that as many people will be talking about it when the market's going up, and therefore it feels like it was a bit of a reaction (laughs) to the price going down for the
0: first like (laughs) year and a half that I was doing the podcast. Maybe one or two people, but like,
1: yeah, exactly. So it doesn't make me right, but if people are only saying it when the market was going down and they don't say it when the market's going up, it feels like they're reacting to that. And I, my personal view is like that, that, that over over supply in particular doesn't exist as a problem and the question we reference is market makers and liquidity and i think people probably overvalue their important they're not they important they're very important they overvalue the impact they're going to have on the market in terms of i think people think it will make prices instantly go up mm. they're, they're and so to be clear they're vitally important and we desperately need them but that doesn't mean lissandra hits 15 pound because yeah. you've got a market maker that's a yeah, key, key distinguishing yeah. feature
0: yeah, like they they'll provide the liquidity, but that liquidity will add extra confidence to the market and and, and knock I on effects. yeah knock on effect cause and cause
1: cause and effect not it doesn't they're not they've got no responsibility to get prices higher none none at all they're they're there to make money and all the time someone's making money someone else is not making money and have to, <laughs> people have to think of that
0: yeah. Well, we'll go on to another question, and this one is from FBI Trader. Do you think traders are biased with decisions like tiered PB, especially when their holds finish second? Do they think about themselves and their own ports instead of what's best for FI and the platform growth, and how such changes may impact on future dividend increases?
1: Yeah, it's a good good question. Uh, It's quite an emotive one for people. Um, So I think if you put it out there to... uh, an average fi trader or the average anyway yeah anyone hi guys you just lost a bet yesterday here's an idea where you wouldn't have lost it i mean do we think that's going to get traction and the answer is yes of course it will but mm. that doesn't mean it's the right answer now we have this system in place at the moment and you know fi have categorically said they're not looking to do P- tiered pb but there are certain people on socials that bang this drum regularly uh, and it sort of grow, grows and grows now we all know that the yields we have are tremendous and those yields historically and you know, i expect it in the future as well come about from these wins you get occasionally on pb and in like the media and things like and they're absolutely brilliant now this sort of idea that you have tiered pb in my mind is a bad thing because you would reduce that maximum payout that you receive so that buzz that we all get when your player does win is so good. And so it's such a, it adds a new experience to watching football. You know, football index has improved my enjoyment of watching matches because of that thrill of your guy winning that that PB or when, when someone rob you in the 8 p.m game you know like uh, if, you're Messi, if you're on mess if you're on messy you love it when he takes the 8 p.m uh you know king, when you hold when you we're not on him and you hold someone else and he steals it on the saturday you know like, oh no you know <laughs> it's fun and we've had some great games recently there was one a few weeks back maybe i lose track of time that one felix won and he was in the late kickoff and he stole it right at the end um, yeah, yeah yeah and that was so much fun and I can guarantee you what would happen if they did tiered PB. One, the maximum payout would come down. People would say, oh, it's it's not, that's not go great anymore. And then, oh, the difference between first and second is not so good. And then you'd have like third place or something would pay out one P and then what would happen? Eventually someone would go, it's just not high enough for third, is it? If I need to do more, <laughs> and then they'd wanna pay out even more to get that first and you wouldn't have that. You know, and I've seen some people suggest that they should do a sports tax system where you, and you fund that by removing in-play dividends. Now that would be a seismic change. And there are there's a whole market on the in-play dividend um, that gives liquidity to positions. And it also gives moments that you can sell into so we all moan about can't exit holes whereas like a few goals gives you a point to exit if you choose to and people have made their bets based on this system so you have to be very careful what we're even suggesting here because if it's worked so far um why do we need to radically change it now some people say because of the volatile nature of order books and this is a way of getting more guarantee in it but what we really want is the volatility because it's the volatility always where you make money and if everything just high, if you if you if, it, if it's also more guaranteed then you don't get those spikes in prices so much and everything will just sort of hold steady so i think you know if you started this thing from scratch would you have tiered pay tiered, tiered pb maybe you would maybe you wouldn't but do we we've just gone through the most upheaval this platform has had since mm. they probably introduced PB in the first place. And you could argue this may be a bigger change, maybe you could argue, wait, well, it doesn't really matter, but it's huge change. And so, for anyone that's suggesting, uh, how about we change the entire dividend structure on top of just, well, we're just still mm. licking our wounds from a new order book. And for me, regardless of whether I think tier PB is good or not, I happen to think it's not, but regardless of that, it just definitely doesn't feel like any time that we should be changing the structure of everything because there'll be more upheaval of, oh, I've met this guy is no longer a good hold and if someone else is, or you've taken away MPI dividends, I've got all this money in these players and they don't make sense anymore. So what we, we need to be very careful. And it goes back to the point I said earlier, people suggest all these things because they feel they have the power to change. And I think FI just needs to draw a line in the sand and say, you know, this is the system we have. Yeah. And, and part of this tiered PB thing is people work for regular performers. They want payouts. Now we have the system team in a month, and I like team in a month. It's something that we all recognize and understand. Um, you know, it it ties in sort of other things that other platforms have. Um, the issue we have is after they released it and then they did the the other subsequent dividend increase is that the payouts don't really match with the Mm. difficulty of winning it, but at some point in time, I'm sure when the next eventually do their next dividend increase, which, you know, I'm not saying that anytime soon, but eventually when they, they're saying, that not, let's be clear, dividend review, you know, when they next do that, I would say that they, they, they would it'd be in their interest to dramatically increase the uh, team in a month. You know, and you could do things like, team in a month for every league or something like that and it, that you're getting to the same team of the week uh, or yeah team of the uh, yeah we could team of the week team of the month, team of the month for every league or so, and there's lots of different ideas and none of the ideas are necessarily right but you get to the same point that a lot of these people are talking about um when um where you're rewarding regular high performance but you also still retain that individual match day uh buzz uh, when you win a high PV number, you, know, you win that yeah. high pay, which is what everyone gets excited about. I'm sure you do the same. Like I talk to certain people when I buy like a, a large shareholding in a player, and then I immediately multiply that by 28 P and tell someone how much I win, <laughs> when, when he, well, when, not if, when he wins a gold star round day, and that number gets you excited. Um, I, I, would, I can't imagine me ever getting to a point where I go, Oh, if he comes third and I win 1p, do you know how much I win? You know, like see, it. See, I Just...
0: think the only way they could do it wouldn't be to reduce anything that's there or remove anything that's there. It would be to, instead of increasing the 14p star man next time round, having it 14.86, 14.63. Do you know? Or it's.
1: Go it's it's just i mean it's so then you're rewarding yeah but you're rewarding guys that aren't winning and this is all about winning and that's the buzz and you know yeah get gamb, gamblers coming up with an idea that you when you when you lose you don't lose you win it makes every sense in the world that a customer says that but you know if i have been clear on what they feel about this and i think we all as a community need just to yeah. you know listen to what they said I think and the big thing
0: that for me has like has made it raise its head again is everyone saying they're going for liquidity providers, they're going for they're going for high net worth individuals, they're going for this, they're going for that, and what I've kind of made myself think, oh yeah, well maybe they will transition to TRPB, and what's made me tell myself maybe it's an option on top of all the noise and people screaming about it. You would know this better, would someone who has 500k to dump on the platform? Would they not want more? Consistency and an easier predictive like a more predictable model in terms of what someone might win. For example, you cannot predict that someone will shoot three hundred and fifty and someone will shoot a three fifty two the same day. But if you knew someone's going to be a Kimmich, for example, Kimmich's returns would be off the charts. I'd, what I'm trying to say is, my from the layman's perspective, which is what I am, I would speculate that it would be more predictable. And is that not what big fish with large sums of money would want?
1: maybe so. I mean I can't speak for everyone but the the yields that these guys are returning have some speculation in it and it's the speculation that creates volatility and volatility is where you make your your money now uh, if you you, know, you that's what I want you, you want prices to move and you know we know that PB is a form of lottery. Even tiered PB is a form of lottery. There's much more degree of certainty in the media. And you know, you'll know often see that the guys who are in and around the king of the index prices have also got a large part of media built into their appeal. And that's why people putting their money there because there's that more degree of certainty. But the uncertain nature of PB Is the fun nature of it. Meanwhile, you do know that when a that there's certain guys, yeah, they could be really unlucky and not win anything. But that's the sort of bet you're making. You know, I like these expected dividend uh, charts and things like that. But a system, if you need those big payouts in order for the money to go into the top guys that are more likely to win PB, if you're if you're capping um, what. The, the amounts are and lowering it because you're paying off second and third place, then that's not gonna be such a big payout. So I don't think it'd be feasible for them to add a whole new dividend structure in like, that you suggest. I think it would be lowering what we currently have and that that feels um, the wrong way to go. And you know what we have is a product that we all love and is fun. So I don't think we should um, be rewriting the, the rule book. Even if P is, is, is maybe a good thing. I don't think it is, but even if it is, let's just stick to it here. We don't need this huge change. we, We all say we hate the changes, a huge change and we just want to go back to training footballers and but then, then we see campaigns to change how it all works you know let's just embrace what we have learn what we have and trade based on the information we have rather than constantly wanting seismic change because even if tier b is marginally better than the current system we have or you know team in a month isn't enough it it's this we don't need huge change we made these bets based on the terms we have in front of us we can't surely go to a position where you, you change the the, we've changed all the books we've brought that in we changed the dividend structure and then while we're at it it's changed the PB matrix you're like Jesus Christ that's a I'm lot I'm gonna evident.
0: I'm gonna throw the last counter at you Perry before we move on from this tier PB and I know I bought it in but it's just because of time mm-hmm. the last counter to this sort of topic I could see people saying is there's hundreds if not thousands of players that need IPO'd we've had a, we have a massive IPO backlog so many new competitors there to compete for PB whenever those IPOs start happening if making a load of money and your chances of winning PB, every player who's added are reduced. That's the other side. That that's the other point I see raised about tier PB being needed. But I suppose you could argue that with people are retiring too. But yeah, to I mean, I mean, old oh, you... bad word
1: and it goes yeah ultimately we want to get to a point where you've got the you know the, the 30 man whatever it is 20 man 20 off man squads for every team in pb leagues you know and then of course you've got some european teams as well uh, that's a separate point about ipos um and meanwhile, you've got the people will be priced accordingly. And that is the bet you are making. And you have that responsibility to make that bet. Now he might never win PV and that will impact his value. Did you buy at too high a price? Did you buy a low price and make some money? Is the in play dividend yield enough for you to trade in and out of that guy or hold him and keep refreshing him? That's that thing. And then maybe he does win and there'll be a huge spike. You know, transfers happen, improves their chances of winning it. These are all the little things we're trading, but you need that firm set framework to trade against and all this talk about changing it all the time doesn't give us that 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 uh, firm framework so it just needs to stay the same we know the terms of our bet it's a favorite phrase that a lot of traders say you've changed the terms of my bet and they, and there's a correctly uproar when, when anything comes in that maybe does that yet we all still still things a lot of us still try and get these big changes so what we have works It's a great thrill. Like I say, it improves my enjoyment of the match days. So if it's not broken, why fix it?
0: Well, we'll move on from that point. Um, FI Spam had a great question. It's all already been covered. It was about positional changes. FI Spam, the man, the myth, the legend.
1: It we get a great shout out for him, by the way. Yeah, the con- the up. content oh, he does. Absolutely brilliant. The two Absolute that he's
0: done.
1: Um so yeah, we've covered his question, so apologies not answering because I think we've already covered it before, but just a shout out for absolutely fantastic stuff that he's done and the amount of time he obviously put into that as well. Uh and, and in both times, I think the two famous videos he's done have been at the real low points in terms of sentiment. So I think he's played an important role in the community. So big shout out to him.
0: Um, yeah, I completely echo that. FI Gashead, uh, we've covered that, but shout out for your question. Otto Joshua, assume that all changes on the roadmap go ahead. Liquidity, media changes, et etc. et cetera. If you could make just one further change to the platform and that's the index fixed in place forever, what would it be and Why? I leave that relatively open to interpretation. It's a bit yeah, of a wild card.
1: It is. I like that question. Otto uh, Josh was a good account actually. Um, so, I mean, like I, said, I keep saying the same thing. Really, I, I want stability. So, I don't want more radical changes. So, if I was looking ahead, one of the things that would really excite me that they added to the platform was uh, pooled liquidity. Where you with other countries, which of course we know that was something they looked at. COVID has put things on on hold with that. They they were clear on that when they did. I think they did it on one of the podcasts or something. But um, yeah, you know, that is something. You know, the, the, I don't want to talk too much about this, but potentially the the change to an FCA regulation potentially helps them with that. I don't know, but um, if that was something they said, then that would be like absolute rockets for the platform, because a bigger pool of people to uh, to bet. So that would be great. But other than that. What i'd like to see change and he says stick forever it's just more information I, I think fi is their place to build a platform that we can trade on and then we live and die by those trading decisions so i think it's there that i want them to give me as much information as i can be that and by that i mean like full depth i mean uh you know more information about the highs more information about uh, all these kind of things that help me you know we get like the kind of stuff that you get from index gain index edge or all those kind of tools I want all, you know, to see Anything that can give me more information that helps me trade, and uh, that's all I want from FI. I don't want them to be doing anything radical with the platform and altering things. I just want to have a platform I can trade on, and I have as much transparency, visibility of the of um. Of the the market as I can, that then you know, I can, you know, I might be a terrible trader, I might be a great trader, who knows? We'll find out. But if I've got those tools in front of me, I'll, I'll give it a go, and that's all I want really. So stability, as much information as they can reveal in in around in and around the prices, depth, things like that, and charts, better charts in there would be good. But then after that, in terms of big stuff, pulled liquidity of other countries would be ginormous.
0: I'm gonna pick a bit of a left field one, which is not quite as big at all. I would love some push notifications. I yeah, love, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you can turn them on and off. You can really tailor these notifications, the ones that I have in the final product that in my mind. You know, yeah. you can select players, you can do this, you can do that. And, and sort of you get notifications for IPDs. You can even go as far as to have notifications for the likes of Start starting you could probably go the flash score route where you can really
1: You get these notifications from the other bookies, don't you? Goal gone in and stuff like that. You know? Um yeah, I definitely would love to notification I mean from fr's perspective, they make money when we trade. And if you get a notification on your phone, your instinct is to push that notification and then you go, Well, oh, might buy him, he's just done something good. Or oh, mm. if that's happening, I'll watch sell this other guy. Yeah, all those things, all these different things. Um yeah, it's development time, everything's development time, but I would, if it's, if it encourages people to trade, then it's always like FI's interest to do it. And like I say, you want to toggle them on, toggle them off, um, but uh, yeah, that would be a, a great thing. But you know, and there's loads of things they can do to improve the trading. Mm. You know, experience the user experience and make it easier to trade. Um, I don't like that the bid offer screen on the website is this tiny little box in the top right. You know, I, I want that bigger. Um, you can't. I want a search field on that bid offer stuff. So, because I, I, you know, I've got so many bids and offers everywhere, and you got, and then it keeps resetting to the top, and I have to scroll all the way down. And always, says, I want to find a player, I want the my current bid and offers uh i've got in the player screen if i'm trading and looking at that depth screen it's a bit clunky i have to go back to the bid off screen and maybe i want to move yeah. oh, i want to be able to edit adjust my order yeah and i you know some of these transaction screens get messy and you just and you just got the whole list of cancelled it's like oh that's because i've edited it so there's loads of things but as i said it earlier uh these things are all doable for them and i know it'll take a bit of time but it means that we're on an upward curve and every little release they do will be improving the product and that's a good place to be and of course my frustrated head or my impatient head might say just do it now just do it now But in realities in these companies it takes a while but if everything they do from here on out is positive for the platform which i think it will be then we're in a good place and and that's where i think we're heading so again we can be we can always ask too much of them but that's just um you know, I think I agree with what Otto says that you know, let's just deliver what's on the roadmap. That's their first and foremost thing they need to do. And we'll be in good place with that. And then let's, let's see where we are. But my main message is just stability. I want to stop feeling like we can change what they do and get them just to sort of draw a line in the sand and say, This is the product, you know, and give us every tool that we need to be able to trade it properly. That's the key thing.
0: Yeah. We'll move we'll move on to the next the next question. Uh, Dr. Mantis Toboggan M D. Underscore fi addict, the longest name in history. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what are you He's, gonna say?
1: No, in no, I'll just say, yeah, I know, long name. Good guy, though. That's what I chat to him on DM every now and then.
0: He says, Hi, John, excellent guest. When will you start looking at adapting your port, if at all, for the Euros? Will you look to add any non PB League players to add purely for the tournament slash IPD? Yes, yeah, it's
1: a good question. And this is, yeah. I think this is a great question, because you know what, It's talking about players and we're not talking about mechanics and things like that. So, you yeah, know, it's beautiful. we, yeah, so we know like at some point, you know, the Euros, um, uh, yeah, there's going to be players doing well there. I'm sure they'll announce that there will be gold days or something like that. That would be brilliant. Um, and then to the backdrop of that, we all know that clubs sort of. Tend to buy players that have played well in tournaments. So you think about that. Um, and he mentions like non-PB league players. Yeah, there will be players that we're not getting much dividends from. Maybe occasional European game that might have a good tournament. So I think at this stage, more in if I'm buying a player for say a run of games at the moment, and maybe I get left, I want to flip them. But if I get like stuck with them, are they playing in the Euros? Have I got like further out there and things like that? I, I think I think like that. But as always you know trading trends is it can be a very profitable thing on fi and we know the euros for a fact will be a big trend you know and if you're getting in ahead of those trends you're probably going to be in a good place and then the skill as a trader is do you go in too soon do you go in too late and uh, uh, you know I've, we should all be thinking of the euros we should all be thinking of players that are going to transfer um and uh, it'll be a big thing i mean there's a big opportunity at the moment because you've got the euros and then you've got the world cup the year afterwards you know it's constant football um and uh certainly it's certainly um you know it's, it's a great time, but um, yeah, I look forward to the Euros and you know, we might have some fans there, we might even be able to go to some games as well, you know. So, uh, and that's just positive for FI. We know that um, market can be a bit dead in the summer, apart from you know, some few media guys that are taking the uh, attention. So, we're not going to have that. I think the market could be really lively, um, and you'd still expect, uh, I don't think we've heard anything yet when the next season is going to start, have we? But, um, uh, maybe I'm wrong someone can jump on if I am but you know we know it'll probably be a short summer a uh, shortened mm. summer and then again off we go to the races again so yeah thinking ahead of the trends is definitely a, a profitable thing so I think the uh, yeah, Mantis is on the right track But is there,
0: a, is there a player you have in mind or a player you like the look of
1: for the, for the Euros um, yeah, they, do, they
0: can be PB non-PB whatever I, I have one that I've been trying to pick up
1: go on in who are you going for
0: Raheem Sterling I you love Sterling. I, I, I
1: remember when I used to do a part in the past, you were a big Sterling fan. I think <laughs> he's
0: criminally underpriced. I mean, if you're picking him up for... like, I mean, 3.32 is the, the benchmark here for the sell side. If it was a 3.50, I mean, I think... This is a guy who's 25. Yeah, I mean, it's... 25. It's, when Man City wins 6-0, there's the chance that he... Like, he does win PB. He does win PB occasionally a season. And they are 28Ps he'll probably win because it'll be a landslide. The media... Euros World Cup, all the rest twenty five, three fifty. Fuck me, it's, oh. it's
1: interesting isn't it? Oh, another pound. Um, yeah. because you've got Kane, uh, Calvert Lewin, Sancho, Rashford, Sterling, and then more recently Grealish. Uh, and you. Oh can, yeah, that's you, the they, uh, And you get a yeah, maybe one or two others there. People probably slag me off for missing someone off, but um. Uh, you, you've got all these guys sort of trying to fit into free places, it seems, in the team. And there's going to be some winners and losers at that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would think more. If I was buying one of those now, uh, for whatever reason, that what's coming at, like, his price is under, or his price, uh, I would be thinking how still got that out of the Euros or people speculating on that, mm. at least. Uh, and, you yeah, know, you mentioned uh, Sterling and media. I think, I think any player where you've got a chance of winning PB and potentially if they, they, they are a big match winner, they might get some media as well. They're, they're good players to have in your port. So um, we could debate on the individual ones, but um, yeah, I think like that. But yeah, for the Euros as well, people should be thinking about who's going to go deep in that tournament. Um, and there you are know, certain players that they, you know, a lot of people talk about Mbappe because they expect France to do well. Um, and he might have a transfer, a bit of news around him. Mm. Um, you know, you've got people, if you think Belgium are going to do well, then maybe De Bruyne. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking, I'm talking about players I don't own. That's not what you meant to do with these podcasts. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking. I was like, well, why do I own those two? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, where, where were we? De Bruyne, Belgium. Uh, you know, uh, Kimmich should be a good one for uh, if you think that Germany is going to do well. Yeah, uh, you know and you know that's the kind of things you can think of but it'll be fun it'll be fun and i think mean, it'll be a good summer on FI, fire and we'll all be buzzing i would expect that this market would be in a good place uh a lot of the things that that roadmap will be delivered or, or mostly delivered i think i think or fully delivered and the product will be great we'll all be buzzing we won't be talking about the tech mechanics and we'll be talking about how much fun this product is mm-hmm. they'll do a big marketing push and we'll be in a great place so um you know, onwards and upwards. I look forward Are to
0: you it. are you do you happen are you on Fi's books, Perry? Because you've got me wanting to deposit this after talking to you for an hour and a half. I could have done with speaking to you on the phone last week. I think. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's it. We're in a good place. Like as soon as I I gave up on being angry with Fi and actually and started looking at myself a bit, I felt much happier with with everything. So um, uh yeah, that's just how I see. I mean, it doesn't make me right. That's just how I see things.
0: I feel like I'm fucking bipolar, and there's there's a quid. Because like I'm literally like all I'm like Team FI again here. Jesus, people are gonna say I'm fickle, but that, that that's the nature of this. Um, Ariel Birdie has a couple of questions. Let me see.
1: While mm. oh, well, you're looking flat. I'll just we're doing this as a video. This will go out as a podcast. But I can see John's putting these pound coins in. He's not going. He's not taking them out of the jar and putting them back in. That's <laughs> it, that jar that, that jar is getting full up.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, I, I think I'm already on. I think because I didn't actually tot it up for the past three, I just said I'll give 25. So I think I'm already on 75 quid plus today. So yeah, I'm going to be bankrupt for Christmas. The yeah, Addy Alberti with a couple of questions. The, I'll take the top one. Also, What steps do you think FI need to bring the next lot of FI traders to the platform, whether they be big or small? So this is kind of back to marketing. That, that's something we haven't spoken about for a while. Um, where do you... Have you... What do you think they should do with their marketing? I yeah. think it's time to sort of ramp that up again now that there's a bit of positive sentiment about. Or
1: yeah, I mean, they need to do. I mean, so there's. I mean, there's several points there. Yeah, I mean, marketing brings on customers, is not it? And I think they've been focusing on getting this product right, and maybe they pulled some of their marketing. Um, but yeah, we're going to be going into the new year. I'm talking about a country now, or, it, or you know, people on this platform, where everything's going to be more positive, right? Uh, we're going to be getting vaccines for COVID. Uh, people get more security in their jobs in their future uh there's gonna be more buzz about things in general um and then going back to fi the platform itself will be more stable Yeah, it feels like a good time to market and then it goes back to us we're all effectively you know marketed marketing fi for them as well and if we're more positive then that helps them as well and we've all been so negative and and as we say i'm I'm not going to let them off they 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 handled the delivery of order books terribly um and we've been annoyed about that and frustrated and we've lost money so it has been an awful time to market because if you click on that footwind index hashtag you're gonna get a load of people criticizing the product and uh, and i'm not and i'm not criticizing people for doing that because we were right to because we were so angry with them but as this market improves and we've seen it's improved a lot in the next week and I don't want people to get overexcited. I think my whole nature of order books, it's going to be volatile so prices go down as well as up. But we it's about the trend. If it's, going, if it's trending in the right direction, you're in a good place. Um, and then we'll all be happy. You know, I think it's great you're doing a podcast, a live stream on Sunday talking about footballers, um, you know, and I think you'll see a trend on your podcast and the other podcasts where everyone's talking more about the market. And you know what we're all like, we're all egotistical guys if when we start making fortunes on these plans you get the screenshots look how much money i made or i hold this guy and look at the dividends i won and it all turns quickly and at that point when we're being positive it's when you start talking to your mates again you go oh do you know what it was so rough when those order books but it works now and actually i really like this dynamic and and uh i reckon i've got more ways to make money now and uh and you know I, i've taken some time to learn it and i could see some opportunity here so well, it will all move quickly so when as, and it will move for the same reasons when 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 the market's working properly, we'll be happier. And meanwhile, it's a better place for FI to be marketing, and they've got that little NASDAQ brand next to them, and they've got, their, you know, it's a proper order book. It'll be good for them. Um, you know, and also, you know, you've got Sports Stack, which is launched as well. And competition's good, competition's positive, and that also improves. FI's marketing position, because you've got another company spending millions or whatever they're spending, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, who knows, on advertising. And that is advertising the concept of trading footballers on a stock exchange. And then people go, oh, let's have a look. Oh, I've got this football index sports stack. Oh, this one's more established. I might go on football index. You know, it gives people opportunities. Yeah, there's, there's, so there's, this concept will get out of there. Competition is a good thing, but um yeah, there they will be marketing. We know compared to the size of other bookies, the footweariness is actually quite small. I mean, if Mm -hmm. anyone looked at the, the odds there's in a market on Betfair for the next US president, and yeah, there's like hundreds of millions bet on that. It was crazy. And that's just one market. You look at the market, how big the market is for like when Man United play or something like that. It's huge. So the growth potential for Foot next remains massive. Um, and the whole point of doing order books was that it gives a platform that is more expandable. You know, FI can make more money, which then means you can attract more players, people, and it becomes a bigger product. So we're all early adopters still, even though it's over five years old. And we will benefit from that. But right now when it's been a bit rough it, that will seem difficult but the, the the only way is upwards on a bit of a rocky path but the only way is upwards and um there'll be marketing all the way out of this and uh we'll be we'll see the benefits of that because people do i think there's questions later on about you know can prices get to all-time high you now it's really basic stuff you know when the it, when demand increases it will naturally want to be under you know be cut, going over the top of each other to buy players and then prices naturally go up it doesn't mean it's an instant thing, but it does happen. So, as more customers come on, as, as players, you know, young players or whoever start performing better, their prices will go up, and that's just way they'll go up. They can go up far quicker than they used to in the old system, and um, so we'll see some crazy rises as we've been seeing in the last week or so. It won't move like it used to. It can move down aggressively, and it can move up aggressively, and we'll all kind of get used to that. And we, we, I'm sure we will. So, yeah, listen, we're in a good place. More marketing will happen.
0: Very good. I'm gonna put a couple of quickfire ones to you, just in basis of time, and then we've got one, maybe two, relatively like talk about questions, yep. but a couple of really quickfire ones, and I'm gonna be strict with you. Um, have you basically cool running has asked Do you? Have any deadwood in your portfolio you can't shift? There's little chance of recovery. Who is the one person in your portfolio you would love to just delete and get your money back? For me, it's Nissan's Cabano, who I accidentally bought. <laughs> I have 292 of them and there hasn't been a sell price for a long time
1: yeah so i mean people have to remember why they bought a guy in the first place i mean if you bought him by mistake then that's something different but um (laughs) yeah so just if you're selling because the price has gone down then you've got to remember that like well uh you know if he's still got his fundamentals and it's about if you sell i think people think you realize a loss whereas all you're doing is trading for the two percent commission charge and if there's another guy that you think will go up quicker than this person, then it's not the worst thing to sell the person you don't like and buy the one you do. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be patient. If you still have the belief in the person you bought um, will do X and Y, then you shouldn't give up on that just because the price went down. But you should also, if you truly believe that they're dead wood, then don't be scared to sell them because it's a loss. Because all you're really doing is, is to pay a 2% commission and then get on the other fella that might raise rise. And I think a lot of people have trapped themselves in this view that they can't sell because they're sitting on a loss. Well, you know, the truth is that loss has occurred, really, really, that you're down. If you can't sell at the higher price, then you you've made that loss. And selling just, just makes it's just the two percent commission cost. That's it. So you, you can still trade. You shouldn't be paralyzed in this market, you know. And Right now, we've got that rebate on and things like that. Um, you know, there are options out there and these prices are volatile and people are make- making markets on these players. A lot more players have bids on than they can. And if you've got some real deadwood, um, you need to be looking to exit that if you choose to and look out for that price. But eventually, the price will come down. That's the beauty of offers. You can offer you those shares yourself and it eventually it'll come to a price that someone will, um, will choose to buy. Well, you know, you're, 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 I'm sure whoever you've got can't be that awful. Uh, unless you own like Benega or something, but um, <laughs> the, uh, but you know they'll surely do something on the pitch which will give you a little moment, and you should be aware, if you're a seller, you should be over that moment to sell into it, but or you might change your mind and think you want to um, you want to hold on to it again. So you know I I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be scared of some of these negative numbers people are seeing. You should that shouldn't, that shouldn't paralyse you from trading. It also shouldn't you know you should be thinking why you got on these players in the first place, and and then and then decide there.
0: So Perry, that was very articulate and complete sense and something that I have definitely preached. Do you know, if you can if you have to take a twenty percent hit here but you can get twenty percent discount there in a the player you prefer, you're only losing the two percent. It's not the end of the world. We have to remember but, but the whole market back.
1: went the whole market went down. So it's not like selling an injured player in a panic. If the whole market went down twenty percent to use the number you use, then you're not banking that loss, you're just buying another guy at twenty percent discount. Then it's an important concept for people to um to think of.
0: But I'll, but I'll go back to circa three and a half, four minutes ago when I said "Yeah, we'll keep this one snappy. Name one player that you could delete and get your money back in your portfolio. If there was one, if there's one player.
1: No, not one. Not one, no.
0: not one. that's, oh God, okay. That's confidence. Yeah, fair play. Okay, well, there we are. Um. Right, the next one, very quickly again, Ginger Pirlo, what's the best penis tingling trade either of us have made this week during the upwards curve in the market? I think I had one of my best ones might have been Trinkai. Picked him up for low ADPs a few days ago. And then before that, Barcelona game, over a pound. It was just a nice 25, 30% during about two days.
1: And if you sold it, or do you still have it?
0: I sold about half.
1: Cool. I probably bought that off you at the um, <laughs> but, Uh Yeah, I love the question as well. Peter's tingling trade. Uh, brilliant. Um, I... I bought a, a decent holding in Bruno and then I sold him on the ride when everyone was going nuts on the game the other day. And then I used that money and then I bought into Sancho and about five minutes later, he scored a goal and shot up loads. And I felt like King Dong of the index. But, uh, <laughs> and that was, uh, well, it was a strategy, but it was extremely lucky that he scored Just a the stunner. Um, yeah. And I, I've had some of those trades before. Uh, i think martinelli a year a couple of years ago he was playing well, a year ago he was playing in the U, in europa and i thought oh, he's pretty decent he. and I, thought, oh, mm-hmm. I bought a chunk of him and then like a minute later he scored like two goals or something you know sometimes you can get very yeah. fortunate and uh, so there was a lot of uh, a lot of luck in that but yeah i felt i felt very good about myself doing that um but, uh, yeah that was fun and that's the thing this this uh i've had so much fun trading this market in the uh in the past week or so it's been brilliant um mm-hmm. and uh yeah long may it continue
0: Right, four players. Order them by who wins the most career dividends. Leroy Sane, Oyazarbal, Diogo Jada, and Cunha. I've
1: got a pick out of those
0: four. I haven't seen it. Sane, Sané, Sané. Sané Oyazarbal, Jada, and Cunha. We don't have time for reasons. Give us an order. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Sane, yeah, because I do think he'll become a PB monster when he becomes yeah, that. uh I agree with that. Number one. Sane for me. Then maybe Jada, because of the whole Liverpool thing and some media. Oh, Azerbaijan yeah, is going to have a great career if he can see yeah. set pieces and penalties. I think but those Junior those two. Also...
1: Yeah, and no, I'd go. I, yeah, I'd maybe. Yeah, I think I agree with your list. Maybe switch around to the second and third one there. Uh, but yeah about that yeah Sane I think out of those for me is the, the one you can be more sure on right and I think he's quite hit the ground running yet at Bayern. but what a player he is he's all coming off a big injury so yeah that I, I pretty much agree. circa
0: 240 right now might be worth having a look at uh the last sort of thread I want to go down we definitely have this wrapped up under two hours this has went on a bit Perry look thank you so much for your time but there is way more to talk about than I thought Westy's put in quite an effort with five tweets there. I would feel a bit uh, mean not to at least give it a shout. I could read it all out. I probably will have to to get it across, but there's a lot of questions in it. Um, Basically, he wants to discuss the, the sudden change of sentiment It was crazy negative last week to suddenly crazy positive. Nothing fundamentally changed with the platform, so what shifted it? Lots of conspiracies going around, but what about addictiveness and boredom being factored in too? He puts in a bunch of questions about things stop on him selling and uh, just based on time I'll not get into it all, but thank you so much for it, Westy. Last edition, just going back to the sentiment switch, it was bizarre how instant it was. Every tweet from FI last week got heckled big time. So to suddenly every single comment on the Saturday predictor being very well behaved. Four players, not one dig at FI. Yeah. So we'll focus on that sentiment switch
1: it's because it's because we're a fickle bunch right and it was easy to think when when the market was just going down every day we're going to be angry and we're not going to want to put money in and we're desperate for it to return and then when it started to return people were desperate to get on those raises, and the rising prices so um it it was it was kind of always going to be like that you know and and you know that's part of the thing you trade here you're trading market mentality and I think I mentioned at the start of this pod, you know, you've got every market exaggerates everything, it overreacts to positive news, it overreacts to negative news. And I think in a, a, a fairly illiquid, new, immature football market, it's going to be even more so. And also because it's football, people exaggerate. All, you know, Bruno mm. was just a penalty merchant the other day and he doesn't get media. And now this week, he's the greatest player in the league and always gets beaded. You know? And people exaggerate everything. Um you know, Kimmich was a guy that will never win PB in midfield, and then, he, then he's a PB good. you know, it, it, you'll always get crazy um, reactions to everything, and everyone, and it's the people that um, uh, think rationally at all times, maybe a better place to trade and, and pick a dip, or sell a high and things like that, and just recognise when traders and m- the market is overreacting to things. And that's something that we we uh, can do. Or, or if you're a long-term holder, then you should be just that. You're thinking of the long term, and you're not thinking of sudden shifts in sentiment. And you're thinking about your yields you've got. So if you are a long-term trader on this, then you then do it do what it says on the tin. You've got to be thinking long-term and not short-term changes in sentiment. And we are a fickle bunch for sure uh and you know it it was always going to do that the prices go down that's when everyone searches for conspiracy theories while they're going down and when they're going up it's because we're good traders and you know it's uh it's just there is always middle ground i always go back to there being middle ground so um i mean i mean he, one thing i will quote he goes you know nothing fundamentally changed well it did because we can see depth and the, the order floor was taken away which allowed a bottom to be found and then that is when people suddenly saw opportunity and we know with the rebate offer that people were were recycling their portfolios and freeing up funds and so it could never have been the black sunday or brown sunday whatever anyone wants to call it because people were prepared they had more of an idea of how order books work, and they had money at the ready. So we saw it come off for a few days, some sort of price delivery to go, and as soon as prices started going up, and, and also you can see through the depth screen how thin some of those walls were. You know, mm. I mean, I found just I was like, I was market buying some guy, and I was like dramatically shifting the price, and you sort of think, here we go, and then people would be following me in, buying afterwards, and then, you know, there, there's, there's opportunity everywhere, and there's something we know now. We would all say on these podcasts, I mean, it can move quickly uh, this market but we never really had that chance to, to prove it and then now we've got evidence so it will change people's attitude but these prices will come down again of course they will and people then shouldn't panic too much but we we see you know, when things are going down it feels like it can only go down further so a lot of people go mm. the bottom is zero it cut there is no bottom and of course there was because of the intrinsic value these bets have with the dividends and then when things are rosy People think it can never end and it's only ever going to keep going up. And you'll you'll find that, you know, it will do both. And it's how we judge and, and learn to be better traders. And that's the overall point I think I've got on this podcast. Everyone needs to, no one, not one person, myself included, is an expert at a trader's market because it's brand new, absolutely brand new. We all need to be learning it. Uh, i'm learning every day at the moment and it's been brilliant it's why i've enjoyed mm. it so much um and uh, and yeah then then we'll be in a good place and then the people that uh have a keep a cool head and don't overreact to uh negative and positive things going on i think will be the ones coupled with um with actual solid football knowledge will be the ones that profit the most
0: yeah I think uh, a lot, there's a lot to be said for the, the sort of negative and positive feedback loops that x 4 always mentions. Shout out to Stu. He talks about this. You know, negativity breeds negativity and positivity breeds positivity. It's incredibly how quick that can switch and it just needed that switch from the negative kind of loop that we were in. It was just this constant droll and circ- just f- self fucking feeding itself negativity. I cursed. But I was going to curse again um, that I did it but yeah, now we're on this sort of positive vibe. Long may it last, and the longer it lasts, the the better for the platform. Yeah. Let's just hope there aren't any big, big mess ups, not f ups, uh, big mess ups. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like the type, the things like a positional change today. If that had been on another bigger player going from a more favorable position to a less favorable, it could have a bigger knock on effect. And if these little things happen and compound, it could be it can switch very quick. Um, but we're in a good place now, and I think that's you know genuinely you've brought me into a much more positive place um and you've really really made me look at myself more than blaming the platform and others which is i think very important so yeah we're coming up on two hours perry do you want to tell people where to find you uh, to be honest, not many places at the moment because I'm trading so much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> in
1: um, your bedroom, yeah. in the dark. Yeah, you can find me sitting <laughs> in the dark researching players. Uh, mm-hmm. But in terms of socials, uh, I love a DM and things like that. I always answer people when I can by a moment. Um, but yeah, Twitter, things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I've just been looking at the market and le- as i say learning. No one's an expert here and I've been learning and uh, I've been busy doing that. So um, yeah, uh, Twitter probably mainly.
0: Good stuff. Well, look, thanks very much for your time. I'm sure we'll speak again.
1: Yes, mate. I enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: See ya.